As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see. Welcome to Hum Group. My name is Rick Renner, and we've been waiting for you. And the we is me and Joel Renner, Maxime Masnikov, and Denise Renner. Hey, guys. Hi, Rick, and welcome, Home Group. Again, we're so grateful that you take this time, really, to be with us. I, I'm so grateful for that. And we love being with you and hearing from you. We feel connected to you. Honey, there are people that are with us every night without fail. And they write their comments because I read their comments every morning when I get up. Think about that. They're our family. They're really like our family. So we know about you. We know about your prayer needs. And by the way, if you want to write to us in another way about your prayer needs, you can write to us at prayer at renner.org. Sometimes you don't feel like you can put everything on social media. Of course not. So you can write to us, prayer at renner.org, or call us, 1-800-742-5593. And as soon as we hear from you and know what you're facing, we will begin to pray with you. I promise you that. I promise you that. Maxime, welcome. I'm happy to be here. I'm enjoying these programs because they're so practical. You can imply this, how to start this year right. I, I like it. Thank you. Thank you, Joel. I really enjoyed yesterday how we talked about remembering your why, remember why you're doing certain things, why you're losing weight, why you got married. Remember why. It really helped you in the long run. I really believe that. Starting the new year strong. It's five parts. Please go to renner.org and get it. You say, well, the new year's already here. Maybe it's too late. No, it is not too late. And by the way, this is a teaching you can use over and over and over. When you hear the whole thing, you'll say, wow, that's not just about the new year. It does apply to the new year, but you can apply it to any time of the year. But this is free, so go get your download at runner.org, and you can order the whole series. And we also are offering you my book, which is called 10 Guidelines to Help You Achieve Your Long-Awaited Promotion. This is a good book. It is just a good book. And in fact, it is required reading for anybody that comes to work in our ministry. But last night we talked about the importance of remembering. Everybody say remembering. 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 Particularly remembering the vision that God gave to you for your life. When you remember, mm, a vision provides you direction. It provides you with guidance. And we saw that where there is no vision, the people perish, the people cast off restraint. The people become sluggish. You know, I'll never forget years ago, I was driving from Riga to Piskov, Russia. And as we were driving, the border that we wanted to cross was closed. And because it was closed, we had to look for another way to cross over into Russia. So on the Latvian side of the border, we're driving along the border, not on the Russian side, but on the Latvian side. And city after city along the border, I saw young people drunk laying along the side of the road. And what happened was when the Soviet Union collapsed, the infrastructure of the Soviet Union evaporated. For example, factories produced heat for every little city. And most little cities were built around factories. So if the factory closed, not only did people lose their jobs, they lost heat for their homes. And as we drove along the inside of Latvia's border, village after village, town after town, 
factories closed, people lost their purpose. And I saw people just casting off restraint, young people, drunk, from town to town, laying along the side of the road. It just shook me to my core and made me so sad. And I thought, these are people that don't have a vision. When people lose vision, they lose their reason for living. You have to have a vision for your life. You may not be laying along the side of the road drunk. I pray that you're not. But you may feel a little sluggish, lackadaisical, because you've kind of lost your vision. You need to go back and get it out of the dirt, dust it off, erect it like a monument, look at it, remember it, never forget it. And when you have a vision, it will begin to provide you direction. It'll provide you stamina. A vision provides a reason to get up in the morning and to face your obstacles. Visions are so very important. And our point number one last night was you need to remember. And I told you that once a year I go away with the very top leaders of our ministry. Our ministry is divided into several categories. We have Rick Renner Ministries. Joel is in charge of Rick Renner Ministries. We have the Moscow Good News Church. Paul Renner is in charge of that. We have the Internet Good News Church. Our online Internet Good News Church has more than 200,000 members. Andre Vasiliev is in charge of that. We have a media company called Media Mir. Your Rule is in charge of that. And then we have our work in the Baltic states. Andre Chabotrov is in charge of that. And I'm Rick Renner. Well, those leaders come together with me and we go aside. Joel, it's usually for about a week, isn't it? It's about a week a year. And we spend, first we pray. We remember why we're doing what we're doing. And that is so very important because it helps you set the goals for the following year. And then we talk about the victories we had in the previous year. Or we talk about our failures. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. In addition to remembering, by the way, when we go away, the first thing we do is we all sit down and we look at the vision. And we ask, all right, are we remembering what God has called us to do? Have we veered from the vision or have we stayed on track? And we always use a verse from Proverbs chapter 3 that says, walk straight ahead, don't turn from the right nor to the left, just walk straight. We want to walk straight with the vision, not turn to the right nor to the left, but keep our eyes fixed on what God has called us to do. And you know what, Denise? There's a lot of distractions that try to take you away from your vision. A lot of good ideas come along, but they're not your idea. They're not what God's told you to do. Every good idea is not God's will. It may be God's will for somebody else. It may not be God's will for you. And for us, we have found it is very imperative to know what we're supposed to do to remember it. But while we're out away praying and doing this once a year, we also, are you ready? Review. Now I call this point review and be honest. Because if you're not honest, you can fake yourself out. You can lie to yourself about how you're doing. I'm blessed that my leaders are gut level honest. <laughs> In fact, if you're not real strong, you may not be able to take their honesty because it can be a bit brutal. But I have found it to be very helpful. When we sit around the table and we look at our activities, it's a time for us in the presence of God to make an honest review, an honest review. How are we doing? How are we doing? You know, just before we began home group tonight, Joel was rejoicing 
because of your weight. And what were you rejoicing about? I was, um, I, I just changed the way I'm eating. I chose certain hours when I'll eat and when I won't eat. And so I've just been watching the results, seeing the results, and I look back in my history because that's, that, that's, I can see that. And the last time I weighed this much was a year ago. It was 11 months ago. And I was just excited about it. Well, when you get on the scales, you're, you're making a review. You're judging what you've done or what you have not done. And the scales don't lie. Now, you may lie to yourself. You might say, you know, I feel like I've really done good, even though the truth is, you know, you secretly ate a Burger King when you shouldn't have had a Burger King and you had some M&Ms when you shouldn't have had them. You can lie to yourself and fake yourself out, but when you get on the scales, the <coughs> scales tell the truth. And that's what I'm talking about. You need to have a come to Jesus moment when you make a real review about how you're doing at sticking with your vision and walking it out. Mm -hmm. This is very important. One thing is for sure, you're not an accident. You're not a mistake. God has a specific plan for you. We saw last night that God gives to every person an illumination a moment when the light turns on and they understand why they're here, what they're supposed to do, God really has something just for you, for me, for Denise, for Maxine, for Joel, for all of us, Joel, for your kids and Maxine, for your son. God's got something for all of us. And it doesn't have to be touched the whole world. It might be like Denise said last night. It might be losing 10 pounds. That's a serious assignment. It is a serious assignment because like just a few weeks ago, I started exercising again. Well, the reason I started exercising is because I wanted to be strong in my body. But I'm not going to get strong in my body if I just sit around and want to be strong in my body and, and then look at weak muscles. That's not going to get me strong. It's doing the exercising that's going to get me stronger. And, and so you have to do what it is that's in, in front of you. And you know Habakkuk? Chapter 2, verse 2 says, listen to this, here it is, write the vision and make it plain that he may run that reads it. Are you able to put your vision on paper? If you cannot state it to yourself, it's for sure that you don't see it clearly. And a vision is not obscure, it is not abstract. The word vision describes something in your mind that you can mentally see, you can latch hold of it. If you can't write it down, then you probably haven't clearly seen it yet. I say to Denise all the time, if you can't clearly state it, maybe you have something that's beginning to be birthed in you, but it's not time for it yet. Because when you've really had a vision, you're able to say what it is. You need that kind of clarity. And that's what Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 says. And if you don't know what it is, then spend some time in God's presence. And God's presence will make that very clear for you. But we saw last night that the Apostle Paul had a very clear vision from day one when he got saved. In Acts 26, verse 16, Jesus spoke to him and said, Rise, stand up on your feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. I mean, right from the outset. God says, I'm going to tell you your purpose. I'm going to give you a vision for your life. And then he said, I'm going to make you a minister. He immediately heard, you're going to be a minister. There's nothing obscure about that. He understood he was going to be a minister. Then he said, and a witness 
of these things which thou hast seen and of the things in which I will appear unto thee. That's very clear. You're having a divine revelation. You're going to have more. You're going to have a ministry of divine revelation. Nothing obscure or abstract about that. Then in verse chapter 26, 17, Jesus said, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. Nothing abstract about that. Nothing obscure. I'm going to send you to Gentiles. Wow. Then he said to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. All of these points are clear, 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 clear. He could see it. He could latch hold of it. And that's why he said in Acts 26, verse 19, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. He got into agreement with it because he could see it. It was a trail that he could follow. And that's what a vision will do for you. But Paul took time to review his progress at how he was doing at fulfilling that original vision. And we read Paul's words about making a review. Are you guys ready? Philippians chapter 3. Let's go there. Mm -hmm. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, where Paul says, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that, for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. You see the word already? The word already means right now, at this present moment. Paul says, at this present moment. Now, where is Paul? He's in jail. He's in jail when he writes the book of Philippians. He's got time on his hand. Maybe you have some time on your hand. Don't waste time. Maybe you've been in a period of isolation. I wonder how many people have wasted a period of quarantine or isolation. What a valuable time to make a review of your life. Now, Paul's in prison. Rather than just twiddle his thumbs, he begins to make a review of his progress. And he says, at this current moment, right now, today, I've determined that I have not finished what God has called me to do. He says, I have not already attained, neither am I already perfect. The word attained is the Greek word alabon, the word elabon here means to have. It describes something that you're given and yet you have to take it. And in the same way, God has so much he wants to give you, but you have to take it. If you're just sitting there saying, okay, God, lay it on me, it's not going to happen. God wants to give it to you, but your faith has to be involved. God requires your faith. You've got to take it. I was thinking about me and Joel. Joel and I work almost daily on taking our TV broadcast to the ends of the earth. And I believe God wants to give us. Absolutely. Great influence in bringing teaching people can trust to people all over the world. God wants to give that to us, but we have to take it. That means we have to strategize. We've got to talk. We've got to pray. We've got to figure out how to take it by faith, how to do it. There's a giving and there is a taking. And the vision's not going to come to pass unless you involve yourself in the taking of it. And Paul goes on to say, I'm going to follow after that I may apprehend that which 
I've been apprehended of Christ Jesus. And I told you last night the word follow after is dioko, which is that hunting term. And now Paul uses the illustration of a hunter as following the tracks of the animal, following the scent of the animal. And Paul says, just like a hunter follows and follows and follows and follows and follows and follows until bam, he gets his game. Paul says, I'm not going to stop until I capture what God has called me to do. He says, until I apprehend that for which I've been apprehended of Christ Jesus. Well, let's talk about that word apprehend for a moment. It's a Greek word, katalumbano. Denise, the word katalumbano, oh my goodness. It's a compound. Kata carries in this sense an idea of subjugation or even domination. The word lumbano means to take. When you put the two words together, to take and to pull down, to take, to master, to take, to wrestle, to take, to conquer, to totally crush. And he says, I'm not going to stop until I seize what God has called me to do, until I capture it, wrestle it, pull it down, make it my own. Then he says, just like I was apprehended of Christ Jesus. Paul is remembering how he got saved. Mm -hmm. Well, when Jesus decided to save Paul, did he give Paul an option? He threw him off the horse. Not really. He saw the glory of God. He had a vision, fell off of his horse. He was literally seized by Jesus Christ. You never heard Jesus saying, Saul, would you like to ask me into your heart? He just knocked him flat and took him down and seized him. And now Paul says with the same intensity that Jesus took me, conquered me, took me down and mastered me and made me his very own. He gave me no choice. I'm not giving my calling any choice. I'm going to do it. I'm going to seize it, take it down, master it. I'm going to finish it just like Jesus took me down and mastered me. I'm going to master this vision that God has put in my heart. That's quite an attitude, which means if you're relaxed about fulfilling your vision, you're probably not going to fulfill it. But hey, then he goes on and in Philippians 3.13, he says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. I haven't done it yet. I count not myself to have apprehended. Well, the truth is he had done more than anybody else. Who had done more than Paul? He had preached in more places than anybody else, started more churches than anybody else, more, wrote more of the New Testament than anybody else wrote of the New Testament. I mean, the list of what he did was long, 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 but Jesus was not going to judge him by how he compared to others. Jesus was going to judge him by, did you do what I told you to do? Doesn't matter what others have done. What about you? Did you do what I told you to do? And Paul says, I count not. And the word count, the Greek word, logizomai. It's a mathematical term used to describe bookkeepers. And the bookkeepers would have in front of them their ledger. And on one page was all the original estimations, projections. On the other page was the reality. So here's the estimations, here's the projections. On the other page is the reality. Now, Paul, when he says, I count not, he is literally saying, I'm reviewing what I was called to do. 
He's making a review. What Jesus told me to do in that original vision when he gave to me, that I would go to the Gentiles, open their eyes, do this, do this, do this, do this. It's so concrete, he's able to write it in a ledger. He knows what he is supposed to do. He sees the vision so clearly, it's there in front of him. But when he looks at the other side of the page where he's made a list of what he's actually done, he says, you know what? When I compare the two sides of these pages, that'll match. It doesn't matter that I can say I've done more than everybody else. The fact is, even if I have, I haven't done everything on the first page. Jesus said, this is what I would do with my life. I have not done it yet. I have not yet apprehended. There's a lot on the list I've never done. He was making a review. And that's one reason why he knew when he wrote the book of Philippians that his life wasn't over. He said, hey, my life's not over. I'm not done. I'm not out of here. There's still things for me to do. He knew his race was not finished. Denise? Well, he was convicted by the assignment. He was convicted that that's what he's supposed to do. And so I haven't done it, so I'm not done. And I think that's really important, Rick, that we recognize what we're supposed to do. <clears throat> And then we not give up no matter what comes against us. We don't stop. We just keep going forward to complete what it is that God has told us to do. I mean, maybe you're um, a mom or, or maybe you've got a job. I, I mean, I don't know what you're doing with your life. But you're in that place for a purpose. You're that mom or that wife of that husband or those of those children for a purpose, not just to sit and watch the clock and the calendar and can't wait for them to grow up and then they'll go to school and then they, you won't have to see them anymore. And then, and then, oh, I can't wait till they get out of the house and go to college. Take the time. That is your purpose to build that child, to do anything you can for that child. Because you're, can I say this honestly, you're always going to be that parent. You're always going to be a mom or you're always going to be a dad. That child is going to affect your life all your life. And the decisions that we make as parents for our children, I'm talking about our purpose. We're going to reap the decisions of those, uh, those decisions that we made to do for our children to embrace our purpose and not wish we had another purpose. Can you connect that to making a review, Denise? Well, you can. You can look and see how far you are. Did I, did, what did I do? For, if, I'm talking about mothers or, or Whoever, wives. Whoever, anybody. Did I do what I'm supposed to do this last year? How much did what I do, did that have an impact? Did I use my influence? Did I just give up? Mm -hmm. Did I just stop because I got encouraged, discouraged? You, you know, at the end of the year, we always review the previous year. And that's what I do with my team. You and I do it. The team, we do it. We, I mean, we don't just say, have we, have we done everything? We even get real specific. Did we do what we said we would do last year? How, how do we do it keeping our word? We make a review that is measurable. 
like getting on the scales. It's something you can see, you can know for sure, either you made progress or you didn't. But you have to be willing to be honest because if you're not honest, then you can't make any corrections. You just fake yourself out. Joel? But to have a review of what you wanted to do, you have to set those goals in advance. An example is, next year I want to take my family on vacation. Well, that's very measurable. Did I take my family on that vacation? You know, a, a, a wonderful goal to have is, the Bible says a righteous man leaves and inherits for their children's children. That is extremely measurable. And you can do that in your lifetime. You can measure, you know, did I set aside? Did I save? Did I invest? Did I leave something for my children's children? And that is a wonderful, wonderful goal because it reminds you of why you're living on less than you make. It, it reminds you what you're working towards. And, you know, maybe your job changes in life, but the goal didn't. The goal stayed the same. You want to leave your children a wonderful inheritance. And I think that's a good example of being measurable, having a goal, setting it in advance. And, and you review. can follow up. You can follow up. Did I not do anything this year? Did I do more than I thought I would do this year? Mm -hmm. it, it's a wonderful thing, and you can do that in many categories of life. Maybe one area in your life is you want to be physically healthy for your grandkids. Well, that's a wonderful goal, but it doesn't happen by accident. And so throughout the years, you can see, you know, am I becoming more healthy as a person? Will I be able to run around and play with my grandkids like I want to? Or will I just have to sit on the couch and watch them play? You know, we can, we can look back and regret a lot of things, but I really believe as long as we have air in our lungs, we can make a difference. We can change our lives. A lot of it depends on the way we think. Max, the truth. Maxine? Something I do, I do it all the time. I keep a journal. I do it several times a week. Sometimes, uh, almost every day, I write things down. Okay, this is what God told me. This is what I think God told me. It helps. Because sometimes I go back to my journal, I start reading it, and I think God told me that, and it didn't happen. And it helps me to learn, was it God or not? What my journal, keeping my journal helped me to understand, it's better to say, I think God told me. But I believe in keeping a journal, and I do it all the time. And at, at least it gives you the ability to review yes. because you wrote it down. Yeah, I do every time. And, yes. and that's what a vision does. A vision should be so clear that you're able to measure your progress, but we're out of time. Go to bed and we'll see you tomorrow night. And we're going to talk about the next point about how you can begin the new year strong. Bye-bye. Hey friends, this is Rick Renner and I have a big announcement, so pay attention. Starting in January, Home Group will only be Saturday nights. We've decided to really focus on Saturday nights. We want to bring you the very best, but we want you to join us. Every other night of the week, we're going to replay our regular daily TV program, except Sunday night. And Sunday night, we're going to have what's called teaching of the month. It's going to really be good. But home group will be Saturday night. So please write that down. And don't forget, home group is moving to once a week on Saturday nights. And we'll be waiting for you right here. If you enjoyed this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.